Hello, and welcome to season four of the Pivoting Out of EDU podcast. This is a podcast designed to provide you with the inspiration, confidence, and strategies for transitioning out of campus-based positions in education. Hosts, Drs. Jamie Hoffman and Tom Studdard, pivoted out of campus-based positions, hold senior-level positions in organizations, and love it. What started as an idea that they thought might benefit a few is clearly filling a need across the nation with education professionals during the Great Resignation. Jamie and Tom are excited to be back for another season with over 25,000 downloads across our first three seasons. So have a seat or take a walk. However you listen to podcasts and get ready for ideas and inspiration. And if you think this podcast was awesome, please consider giving us a five-star rating. Hello and welcome to Pivoting Out of EDU. I'm Jamie Hoffman. And I'm Tom Studdard. And we are joined today by someone I've known for a while. We randomly had a connection. And Tom just discovered or remembered that they've known each other for a while. So basically, oh, and also she gave Tom a compliment already about his age. And so she's become our favorite guest. So uh, needless to say, Welcome, Liz Culver. We are really thrilled to have you on board. And by on board, I mean on board the show, I guess. It's great to meet you again and hear your story. So with that said, we'd love to have you start by introducing yourself and sharing a little about your background from higher ed and then what you did after you pivoted and what you're doing today. Yeah, well, thanks to you both for having me on the show. I've been a longtime listener, so this was very exciting for me. And when I was in higher ed, I spent a total of about eight and a half years working in the field. So kind of that very typical story of a very involved undergrad turned into, you know, graduate student. I went to grad school in Texas. So Tom, I believe you're from the great state of Texas. So I was at A&M for grad school. And then I moved from there to Florida Gulf Coast University and I worked in orientation. And then after a few years, my partner and I were getting ready to get married. And so we wanted to be closer to family in the Midwest. And I took a role in fundraising at the time and then shifted after that to civic engagement. So I very much have had a few different functional areas along the way. And then about three years ago, actually officially three years this coming Friday, I made my pivot right out of education and worked as an account representative for Versity Blood Centers, which is a sales role for the blood center, working with a community and kind of measuring your metrics against blood collection, because obviously we, we need blood in the hospitals to be able to support patients. So pivoted into that role and have been at Versity ever since, but I have shifted also roles there in the past year or so. Okay. So I'm two quick questions before I get to the, the main one. One, what, what made you shift, right? Like what was, what was the exciting thing about deciding to pivot or maybe the not exciting thing? And it was just a, a matter of circumstance, but then also what does a salesperson do with the, at a, at a blood center? Yes. Interesting questions all around. Um, so with the kind of why I shifted or, or what drove me to do that, what drove me to that pivot, you know, I, I was just looking for a different challenge overall. The institution I was at was great. My partner still works there, actually. And because of that, we knew we didn't want to move. But I also was really 
wanting to see progression and and the opportunity to be promoted after time. And as we know, it's just a, it's a pyramid. So it's difficult to climb at a certain point without moving. And so I was talking to the folks that coordinated blood drives on our campus. And um, I had become friends with these women over the years because I'd helped to do that in civic engagement. And they happened to have a job opening. So they asked me if I would consider doing it. And I said yes. And two weeks later, I had a job. So this is a very different type of pivot. I had interviewed at an adjacent opportunity once before and had come pretty close, but just wasn't quite the right time either. So I knew eventually I would end up out of education, but this kind of just happened and I went with it. I'm very much uh, like doors open for a reason and you you take them and you go. So that was how I got, I guess, got out, but that sounds very negative. That's how I was able to get out into a different job. And what does a salesperson do? It's uh, it's different. I mean, I, I'm saying sales because it's the most equivalent to what it is. You know, there, there are needs in the community to have certain amounts of blood at different hospitals that my organization provides the, the products for. So we, we call it sales. It's not hardcore, you know, driving with B2C sorts of sales, but you just are trying to kind of hit what is needed in the local community so the hospital can maintain a certain supply on a regular basis. So for the purposes of this podcast, sales is definitely a good fit, but it's kind of a community relations role too. It's a, it's a really unique job. Okay. That sounds interesting. So you said you've pivoted since doing that. So what are you doing now? And maybe talk a little bit about sort of your day-to-day and what sort of prepared you for the role that you're in now? Sure. So now I am the customer care project manager at Versity. Absolutely love it. I've been in that role for a little bit over a year now. And that role is a little bit different than maybe what individuals might hear when they hear customer care, customer experience. It is an entirely internal role. I don't face customers at all, but I kind of serve as the manager for the, the team that helps kind of connect all the dots internally for contracting with our partners to their billing statements if they have questions about that. I might be working on data analysis and projections into the future for how we're going to be able to support the community. So a lot of data-driven work. I live in a land of spreadsheets and reporting, and then I also live in a lot of meetings. So I'm on Zoom most of the day, talking through just ways that we can troubleshoot where we're hearing problems in our delivery for customers and the needs that they have. So, so lots of different things. My days are extremely variable. This role was brand new when I took it and this function is new to Versity. So everything we're doing, we're kind of repurposing work that other teams was doing and creating a better workflow for the longevity of, of the organization. That's fascinating. And I think your title, like you said, it sort of feels like it might be customer success, customer experience, customer service, customer support, somewhere in that that ballpark. And it's not, which I think is really interesting for our listeners out there as you're thinking about your pivot to not always, like we always stop at the at the title, right? Like we do that in higher ed. We're like, being a student, okay, I know what that is. Associate VP, I know what that is or whatever the case may be. I'm curious, sort of, obviously it was a, 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 a sort of a role that was new for you and maybe new for the company. But what would you tell listeners out there if they're interested in a role like that, how to search for that type of a type of a role, knowing that the that the title might not necessarily match the the description? 
Sure. So I think, you know, what what drew me to the title, even when I was kind of looking internally for a new challenge, was that it had project management in it. I don't have any formal certifications in project management this time, but I knew the things that I liked when I was in education. I loved fast paced. I love the multiple shifting priorities piece. I don't love the whirlwind. I still don't like the whirlwind. I don't like getting cut and swirl, but I I like that dynamic nature of a job and having lots of different things to put together in Strengths Quest or Strengths Finder. I'm an achiever, so it also feels really good to knock those things off my list. So looking, I think, for rules where the like top two to three kind of bullets highlight something that makes your kind of heart sing or makes you take a second look would be my recommendation. Those were the top things, you know, being able to deal with ambiguity create process improvements. Like that's what I loved in education, probably more than all of the one-on-one interactions with with the students. I'm probably a rarity in that. Sorry for our students that may be listening. That's that's perfectly fine. Um, and that may partly answer, you know, a question that I have is just like, as I think about your former world and a blood collection world, it seems peripherally or being on the outside that they really are very different and provided that they are. But just in general, I'm just curious, how would you describe your sort of job satisfaction compared, you know, to your on-campus roles compared to this new world, which is, again, you know, I think some people would be pretty nervous to take the leap that you took because it is very, I mean, it is a service kind of oriented roles. I get the values, uh, not service oriented per se, but values aligned kind of thing, but still, you know, pretty big difference. So yeah, tell us about the job satisfaction variable. Yeah, I, you know, can say I am, I'm more satisfied, fulfilled, balanced, happy, healthy, even. I mean, I had some big health changes after taking this role than I've than I've ever been. So it, I, I'm very satisfied. I was also very freaked out. Like if you had talked to me on July 14th, 2019, before I started at Varsity, I mean, I'm talking to my partner, like, can, if I can get out of this still, like, what are we doing? So it was, it was a lot. I think though, and you kind of hit on it, Jamie, it's about values for me, right? I could always get behind the mission of what we were doing in higher ed. I changed tremendously as a person through my experience as a student. And I could always align myself every day, even in hard days with that mission. And Versity is a mission-driven organization. You know, our goal is to save patient lives and to improve patient outcomes. And so it's easy to work every day thinking toward the people. I also received a blood transfusion when I had one of my kids. And so I think that was a a mission aligner for me and my mother received some donations as well when she was going through cancer treatment. So it it kind of pulled at my heartstrings a little bit and just sort of let me take a leap of faith. I'm also a person of faith. So I think I just sort of trusted that it would work out and it did. I'm I'm struggling to even say thank you for the personal piece because that doesn't feel like it's enough. So I appreciate that you that you chose a career that is both something that you're excited about doing, but also there's a personal passion and a personal mission behind that. And so thank you for sharing that. Thank you for opening that up to our to our listeners. I really appreciate it. So as you were making this pivot, as you were starting the first role and now into the second role, 
what are some of the things, some of the characteristics or the skills that, that have made you successful? And, and particularly those that you picked up in your campus-based role, whether it be, you know, as a, as a grad student or an FGCU or whatever the case may be. And then what was missing? What were some of the holes that you thought, oh, I need that skill? And either you went out and got it or you learned it on the job or whatever that case may be so that folks who are listening can say, oh, I want to go do this. These are the things that I will bring with me. And these are the things that I should probably go figure out how to get. Yeah, absolutely. That's a lot packed into that question. So I may need some coaching as we go. But I think, you know, the the sorts of skills that you build up over some time in higher ed, which if you kind of put grad school and professional together, it was almost a decade. You know, you become very resilient, I think, because things are changing. Things happen in real time. You know, you're going through orientation and X happens and you have to respond to it. And then you got to bounce back and be okay, you know, in the next 20 minutes. So I think some of that led through the the peaks and valleys of transitioning into a very different type of role. I mean, right now, yes, I'm extremely satisfied, but there were definitely in each of these roles very low points for me, feeling very much like I didn't belong in my role, like they had made some sort of mistake and I was going to be exposed as a fraud. So I think that resiliency that you build up over being in education. I also think the ability to drive for results, you know, we uh, in the education-based world, sometimes we're a bit slow to make decisions. So I know how to just kind of keep that flag going in, in my outlook inbox and push and push. And so when I was out trying to increase our blood collections, I could push and push the community because I knew what that needed to feel like. You know, I, th- I think of so many things. I, you look back on your time so far in the work world, right? And, and things do line up and they kind of happened in a way that set you up to be where you are right now. It just maybe in the moment didn't feel like that. So that would be, a you know, some thoughts I would have is, take all the moments on, even right now, if you're listening and you're thinking, I just really would love a change. Like also look for what you're learning because it's happening, even if it's not the right fit, the exact moment. And then I think some things that, you know, are a little bit lacking for me and I am pretty open about these, you know, I don't have a lot of business acumen and where I'm at right now is in the business to business kind of strategy section of our marketing organization. So I have to ask a lot of questions about terminology that individuals I work with might use. A lot of them have MBAs or taken a lot of business courses. So I am often kind of Googling on the side, like, what does that mean? But I'm hoping to move into some coursework or some certifications at some point too to solve that gap. And I've also found just being honest and saying like, can you stop and explain? People are really willing to do that. I think because they know I'm eager to learn because I'm an educator at the core. I I love I love your vulnerability that you shared through that. And it's it's true. I mean, especially the business acumen thing and the imposter syndrome, though you didn't name it that, but I know that all resonates with me. I I think the that I'd love to underscore the fact that that is those are skills really a knowledge that you can learn. Like you said, you pop online and Google it. So, you know, I think sometimes people can feel intimidated just by the fact that they don't have a business background, but it's, you can fill the gaps as you go. And you, you definitely exemplified that in your response. So I know you, you kind of have embedded advice essentially throughout your, you know, sharing, but 
if you were to kind of capture the key bits of advice that you have for folks that are looking to make a pivot, like in an elevator speech, what would you share? Yeah, I think, you know, my my advice would be to to be thoughtful, selective and reflective as you're going through this process. You know, I think it's and I still keep up with a lot of the expats groups and, and this group on LinkedIn. And so I'm seeing people talking about, you know, I, I need to move. I need this or I'm really not feeling fulfilled. And I, I empathize with that. I, I never had that story. That's not part of my experience. I didn't hit that point. But I also, you know, there there is brown spots in the lawn everywhere. So if you are so eager to get out of something that you're doing, that would just be my advice to folks is be thoughtful about what you're going to, not getting away from something that you're currently in and reflect on who you are, right? As a professional. I mean, I struggle. I'm a workaholic. I love to work. My four and five-year-old don't love it. My partner, I think, can get frustrated at that in me too. And I can see why. And so when I didn't check that at the door, when I started at Bird City, I fell into those patterns. So that wasn't a higher ed thing. That's a list thing. So I think some of that reflection is really important to think about, again, what you're looking for in your pivot and why you're looking to make it, but not just to pivot for the sake of a pivot at this time in our world that is quite chaotic. Yes, for sure. Chaotic. Well, thoughtful, selective, and reflective. Great advice from our guests. So Thank you, Liz, so much for joining us today. What a great episode filled with such great advice for our listeners. Again, thank you to all of our listeners out there. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Liz Culver. Check back next week for another great episode of Pivoting Out of EDU. Thank you for listening to Pivoting Out of EDU. In addition to our podcast, we offer various ways to get support as you work through your career transition, including digital resources, one-to-one consulting, group workshops, and cohort-based blended learning experiences. For more information about these services and show notes, visit pivotingoutofedu.com. And if you haven't done so already, join our LinkedIn group called EDU Pivoters, where we share job opportunities and foster engagement between those who have pivoted and those who want to pivot.